Welcome to the Bentonville Beacon, where we bring you success stories from business leaders and owners about their triumphs and growth in the Bentonville and Northwest Arkansas community. You'll hear about how Bentonville has been the backdrop for incredible growth, not only for businesses and their employees, but in their personal lives as well. Tune in, subscribe, and enjoy hearing about Bentonville where you get more of what you want and less of what you don't. Welcome back to the Bentonville Beacon podcast where we're sharing stories and advice from the entrepreneurs, business executives, and community leaders sparking the rise of the greater Bentonville area which represents one of the fastest growing and most dynamic cities and economies in the United States and is nestled in the Ozark Mountains of Northwest Arkansas in the heartland of America. Hey everybody, I'm your host, James Bell. And today we are embarking on an educational journey with Dr. Dennis Riddle, who is president of Northwest Arkansas Community College. His story from being the first in his family to attend college to leading NWAC is as educational as it is inspiring. Dr. Riddle's leadership at NWAC reflects the vibrant growth and transformative spirit of Bentonville. At the helm of the college, he's not just working to advance educational frontiers, but is also involved in enriching our community's tapestry. In this episode, we will explore how Northwest Arkansas Community College connects to Bentonville's dynamic evolution, and learn from Dr. Riddle about his vision for shaping the future of our local workforce. Dr. Riddle, welcome to the Bentonville Beacon Podcast. Thank you, James. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for the opportunity to share. Well, glad to have you. Um, Will you start by letting our audience know about you? What would you like to share with them? Sure. Um, I was born and raised outside of, uh, between Philadelphia and Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. They call it the Piedmont. Mm-hmm. It's a hilly area. It's a lot like Arkansas, Northwest Arkansas, particularly, where there's hills, there's lots of vegetation, foliage. Uh, my father was in manufacturing and my mother, on her side of the family, they were agriculture. So I found myself going to the, the plant and hanging out with my dad in the manufacturing area as a child, and then also spending my time in the summers working on the farm. Uh, whether it was uh, milking the dairy cows, we had Holsteins, or, uh, or, or, you know, taking eggs out four o'clock in the morning from the chickens, you know. So learned a lot about work ethic and the importance thereof. Um, I did have the unfortunate experience of losing my mother as a child. Uh, she was, when I was 12, uh, she did take her life. And I think that was, a, that was a moment in my life, which was a bit of a why. Um, that is a why in the road. I had to make a decision on how I was going to how I was going to look at life. Was I going to choose to allow my circumstances to shape me? Or was I going to look and say, what can I do as a human being to rise above the challenges that I'm facing and make for a better life? And I chose the latter of the two. And so going forward, I began to become more involved in volunteer type work and what I could give always back to the community, thinking about how can I help make others, make other people's lives better. In doing so, I found myself working at a local YMCA where we were involved in helping people complete their GED. And it was there that I discovered my love for education. And so that was, that for me was a a pivotal moment. I was working with folks who are significantly older than I was, but I was very talented in the math and the sciences. And so I would help folks complete those areas of study so they could go ahead and complete their GED and then have many more doors open to them in the workforce. And so that was, that was my passion for it. Uh, I found myself then, I, um, I entered the military. I was in the Air Force. 
uh, both stateside and overseas. Um, it was also while I was in the Air Force, met my wife of now 32 years, and we have two adult children. Uh, all of us are two-year college graduates, though I was the first in my family to go to college. Uh, neither my mother or my father went to college, and their parents, um, none of them even finished high school. Most only finished elementary, enough to read and write and maybe do some basic arithmetic. But uh, I, I wanted to go ahead and, and further my uh, opportunities in life and knowing that education was one of the clearest pathways to do so. So I took that journey. And then while I was in the military, I was then given the opportunity to uh, teach for Air University. And I taught areas in Doppler radar theory, atmospheric physics, thermodynamics. Those were the areas that I taught in. I wrote curriculum and then, and then taught in those spaces. And it was there that I I recognized that, yes, indeed, I already loved education, but now I found that I had a, I had a really good knack at doing it, and, um, and it gave me joy. And so from there, now it's been 30 years later, and through a, a, a series of, of uh, just pieces along the way that I found that particularly the two-year sector was special to me. Why? Because I was a first-gen student, a first-generation student. Mom and dad didn't go to college, much less graduate. And recognizing that oftentimes you are the salmon swimming upstream. You're fighting the tide. All the forces that are in play are in many ways working against you. You don't know the language. You're talking to people about things like Pell Grants and, you know, these, these forms you have to fill out to get financial help. And I'm, I'm more concerned about, is there a catch? Am I going to have to pay this back with some high interest rate? All of these, I would call negative thoughts would go across one's mind and there was no one really there to help steer me. Um, but thankfully, in my case, uh, when I married, my wife did come from a college-going family. So they were able to help me work through some of the language. Had it not been for her and, that, and her family, it would have been a much harder road for me. But going through that journey uh, made all the difference. And that's where I found that for me, the two-year school, my wife's a two-year grad, I'm a two-year grad, my, both of our adult children are two-year graduates. And then my son, is, our eldest, has gone on for more education as well. But, and, and so has my wife and I. But the bottom line is, is that the two-year school was our starting point. And it definitely, we found that you can start there and you can go anywhere. So that's a little bit about my journey and what got me into this space. Wow. You know, if, if I must have looked like a bobblehead over here when you were talking about the two-year education. My first degree is, and I went on to have more education after that too, but my first degree is an associate's degree. Yes. And uh, it was in biomedical instrumentation, which is a really fancy way of saying I could fix medical equipment. <laughs> and the ROI on that degree was phenomenal. Isn't it great? Right. And it, it allowed me a pathway mm -hmm. to get more experience. Yes. Frankly, I needed more experience with people at that point in my life. It's a strange degree to get more experience with people with, but but it led to that uh, and then led me uh, to be able to move down the educational path from there. There's no way we could have afforded it, have afforded it otherwise. That's right, James. And I, I can piggyback on that. One of the things that oftentimes is, is lost in the two-year degree or a certificate level, which might be a year, is that the cost that a student will spend in both time and in dollars on the ROI, the return on investment, it is more significant than any other obtainment of education you'll gain in your educational ladder because of the amount of dollars that are spent at that level and what you get back on a ratio is higher. It's just significantly higher. Many of our students can exit the two-year degree without any debt or with very, very minimal debt. So they're able to then go and pursue their, uh, their career path 
not being driven by, I have to pay off this massive school loan. So now I need, I need to take this job, which maybe I don't prefer over this other job because this other, this, this first job, it pays more money, but I really don't want to do it. I'd rather take this job that t- pays less money, but I can't afford to take it because I have this, this just tremendous debt laying over my, over my head, looming over me. And so that's one of the greatest joys I gain is watching students then be able to have freedom, freedom of choice to go where they want to go and to learn and experience. Most of our students today will, will experience anywhere from five to 12 different types of career type works in their career fields. So upskilling and reskilling are going to be more important than ever. And that's a whole different conversation. But getting them started in the space and learning the importance of, you know, being on time for work and being ready for work and being a good team player and knowing how to communicate and knowing how to have self-control when things maybe don't go your way, because that's part of life in the workplace. Those pieces are learned by taking the hard skills they gain in education, as well as some soft skills, and then, and then refining them in the workplace. And then they're going to find they're going to go to other spaces. But we are here as a community college to provide additional training all along the journey for the duration of their careers and helping to meet them where they are. And then, of course, if we need to hand off and they need to go to the university, that's fantastic. We're, we're there to do that seamlessly as well. But we are here to help empower them. And we want to do that at an affordable price so that they can... They don't, they're not strapped with debt. So sorry to get in all that piece, no, but that's, 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 that's the core of it all in my mind. That's why I do what I do. <laughs> you're exactly right. I'm, I'm connecting with, I'm picking up what you're putting down, as they yes, say. Yes, sir. Um, talk to me about uh, NWAC. Share with mm-hmm. our audience, I guess, the, if you will, the history of NWAC sure. and its connection to Bentonville. Sure. Well, the school was, a, it was an offshoot of a, of, a, of a college, a community college over in Harrison, Arkansas, North Ark. That's what we call it. It's Northern Arkansas Community College. So th- that, of course, that was the parent college. And there was a desire for there to be some type of uh, two-year school presence over here in Northwest Arkansas back in the 80s. And they started trying to do that work, but they realized pretty quickly they really, the area really wanted its own community college. So. After classes started up a little bit, it was to be the college without walls. And that was how it was known, the college without walls. So it was trying to meet in little little storefronts and pieces like that. But people realized quickly they really wanted something far more permanent. So in 1989, it went out for its own um, financial support from the local area. And that was achieved. And that was through a local millage. And so that combined with tuition and fees and some state dollars, the community college was really born. And then from there, of course, walls were erected uh, because students uh, needed spaces, uh, specialized, dedicated spaces for them to learn and to grow, develop their own community. Um, I like to call it that third space. You have your home life, you have your work life, but then you have another aspect of your life which enriches you and fulfills you. And in our, in our line of work at a community college, we're one of those um, opportunities to be a third space for an adult learner. And, and that's how we operated. And so the community college became a third space for many of its students and then to develop and grow. And so from there, of course, the community college now over these last 30, 33 years has just blossomed and has grown and has filled a pretty big chunk of, uh, of property now on the east side of Bentonville. And it's just remarkable. And the demand for the college, I think this is, this is one piece that I think oftentimes may not be understood. The idea of the community college, Northwest Arkansas Community College, whoever named it was brilliant. Mm-hmm. They were brilliant because they didn't think of, ju- they didn't think it, it is born and birthed in Bentonville, but its, its reaches 
are regional and now not only national, but international. Wow. You know, we have students that are studying overseas. We have faculty that study overseas. We have those who are overseas coming to here to Bettenville to study. Why is that? Because the college thought beyond, it, it, it thought bigger than itself, but it allowed the reach of Bettenville to go beyond. And I think that speaks to its founders. You know, all of our regional partners and I think our businesses, they think big. And, and the college, I was thankful. It, it, it thought big, it planned big, and then it played big. And that for me was a big draw. And so that's what you see today. And of course, it has an additional campus now down in Springdale in the corridor with the medical region. And that's going to be another way for the for um, Northwest Arkansas Community College nestled right there, its main campus in Bentonville, to continue to have a reach that is big and broad. And I would argue regional, national, and now even international. Yeah, that's that's really cool. I, I didn't know about the history, I guess, the connection to, to North Arc. And now the, the name of the school with the capital W at Northwest becomes clear to me as well. I always wondered about that. It's really neat to hear that the reach is international. I didn't know that either. So that's really yes, cool. Yes, sir. Um, talk to us, uh, Dr. Riddle, as president of the NWAC. What's your vision? What are your most important goals? Sure. That's a fantastic question. I think first and foremost, remembering that we are a community college. Community is in our middle name. When people ask me, how should the college look and appear in the upcoming years? I said, it should be a mirror of the community's needs. Secondly, and tied, I think, inextricably to that mirroring of the community is the, that we are student centric, that we are focused on the needs of our students and where they are. The students' needs today are different than they were 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. And many times, People lose sight a little bit because they think, okay, the college started a certain way with certain roots and those are respected and revered, but also recognizing that the co- it's different in 2023 or 2024 than it was in 1990 and 1989 at very different times. And so recognizing the needs and the expectations of the students are different. I would liken it to our business partners today. If they went back and thought, what did they do and how did they reach their customers and serve their customers back in the 1980s and 90s, it's different than how they're reaching them today because the expectations of the customers are different. So in my vision is to make sure that we continue to keep community centered to who we are and and how we mirror the needs of the community, that we make sure that we are student centric and then tied to that is this notion of allowing it to become that third space for the students. And that allows for student life, student activity, and student involvement. We don't want to just be a purely commuter campus where the students arrive, take a class, and leave. We want them to stay, share life, build community, share and exchange ideas and thoughts. They're around people that have a similar aspiration, which is to learn, but they also have very differences. They're very eclectic, the students, both in their, in their languages in their experiences in life and in their stations of life. And so more that we can have those relational collisions between the students that allows to enhance the learning experience. And that is my vision for the college. I like that vision. Um, you guys have uh, ginned up some unique programs as yes, well. Sir. So can you talk about some of the unique programs that NBLAC sure. offers and especially some that have come along since uh, sure. you took the reins, what, about 18-ish? Yes, sir. Ago? Yes, sir. I'll, I'll, I'll try to keep this relatively tight. Okay. But I like to say that one of the one of the favorite programs that we have is a certified retail analyst. It began as a true need in this community. And it takes students 
Many of them already have a degree. Some of them have advanced degrees and they want to better their lives. And this is a, this is what we call a workforce accelerate workforce skills type training course. And that is we're not looking to offer college credit, but it is relevant skills to what the workforce is requesting of the student so that they can be active and serve as a certified retail analyst. They complete the course and uh, it's, the placement is amazing. Uh, many times the students are being placed long before they complete. We want them to complete so they can, they can have all their skills and make sure that they continue to be marketable in their own career paths. Because oftentimes uh, if they finish the journey, uh, it, it allows them and be, empowers them and equips them for the rest of their lives and the rest of their careers. And so um, that's, that's unique here to NWAC. Um, another program I'd like to speak to is the Bike Tech program. Sure. And that's very much unique to this region. Um, that program began a, a few years ago now and has just been remarkable in its draw of students to the region. Of course, bike trails and the amount of bike trails and paths that we have across this region. It handshakes with our topography, and I would call it the spirit of the community. It, it is the natural state, and it's a place where we want to have good harmony and leveraging all the all the abilities that our region gives to us. And bike trails and paths is just is just one of many. But the bike program, the bike tech program, has been a great success, and looking forward to continue. Now, when I peer into the future, what do I see coming down the pike? Well, starting in the spring, we're going to have our practical nursing program. It's a stair step with our RN and, and to the RN, the registered nurse, the college is renowned. NWAC is renowned for its registered nurse program. One of the best in the nation at pass rates and at the volume of, of registered nurses we produce. But the practical nurse program is, is, a, is, a, is part of the career ladder. And it was one that we had not integrated before. Now we're integrated based upon the requests and the needs of our community. It's a direct response to the needs in our community. And that will begin this spring. In conjunction, we're, we rolled out phlebotomy. That's a much shorter term program, but that's because of the demand of the health providers in this region. Construction trails is around the bend. In 2024, in the fall, it will be birthed and it will roll out. It will be the first of its kind in our nation. We already have students, our people, uh, potential students contacting us from Canada to come down and take the program when it starts in the fall of 2024. So that would very much be very, uh, unique. Also, our CDL program now is really rolling, and the pun is intended. Hmm. Uh, it's a partnership with that. one of our <laughs> yes, yes, sir. It is a partnership with one of our with one of our business uh, partners here in Bentonville, and we are partnering with them. We're using their spaces, their resources, and they're allowing us then to train the students at a very affordable price. And again, it's all about accelerated training, helping the students complete in an accelerated manner. And I would tie with that then. And this isn't, it's not a new program, but it's how we're doing our models of delivery. One thing I would want the, the listeners on the podcast to hear loud and clear is we are offering a full array of general education as well as uh, career and technical education coursework in the evenings, starting in the spring. This spring, spring of 2024, we're gonna have a full array. So take advantage that we're committed to it. We're doing a pilot of that for a minimum of two years. We're expecting it to be highly successful and then continue on for many more years to come. And it's in response to the needs and interests of our community. So that's what we're looking at. And those are kind of what I call front of, of mind. I would mention one other one, and that's biotechnology. That was also driven by our community uh, members. We, we um, uh, had that just approved by the Coordinating Board of Higher Education in Arkansas during the summer. It's the first of its kind in the state. And that's again, because of the 
the visionary aspects that we have of our faculty and our staff of moving forward and making sure that we are operating and, and providing education, which meets the needs of our, of our community. Because again, community is in our middle name. Mm-hmm. Thank you for a great question. Well, thanks for that answer. I mean, this is a, this is a fantastic. I mean, it really does the programs you offer. You're correct, are a reflection of the community. I mean, clearly, starting yes, with sir. the CRA program, the Certified Retail Analysts. I mean, we've got a company in town we've all heard of. Right. Maybe their name starts with a W, <laughs> Fortune One, all that good jazz. But there's That's the right. 1,600 you know brands uh, that are present That's here right. uh, as well. But when you look at healthcare, um, man. Where we're going in healthcare right yes. now, uh, healthcare and wellness and the biotech industry, everything around that space, people are going to think that Northwest Arkansas and Bentonville came straight out of left field in a few years. Uh, they may not. I'm not sure a lot of people around here realize what's happening. Uh, and in the construction of trails, what I love about that is that. I had Gary Vernon uh, on the show. Oh, wonderful. Uh, yeah. Wonderful professional. Absolutely. <laughs> And you know, one of a kind. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That's absolutely true. And we talked about how, you know, 10, 12 years ago, Bentonville was, he was going out and people here were going out to other places all over the world to learn how to build trails. The world's coming here now. That's right. And they're really going right. to be coming here now. That's they're coming right. here to see and learn. That's but right. now they can come right. here and learn. That's right. In a first in kind program. That's right, James. I often say it's better to be chased than the one doing the chasing. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> Um, we talked about some of the future developments. Are there any future developments you would like to uh, add around the university before we? Well, I think um, looking at, I mentioned a few of the programs we are also, and we've rolled out uh, food services now are extensive at the college, Mm. and those are going to continue to grow on campus. We're finding the students, again, it's bringing them a place to be. And then, of course, we are integrating athletics now. Look for some things um, in um, esports as well as cycling. Cycling, look for cycling to come, that uh, to be continued on cycling at NWAC. Uh, very excited about that. Um, we, are, we are approaching athletics very differently, I'd like to think, than, than many of the schools across the nation. And that is making sure that it handshakes with all that we do at the college and also tries to integrate as much student involvement as possible, not excluding students, but including as many as possible. We're looking for inclusivity more than anything. And so that's going to be, it's going to be at the forefront as we continue to think about um, what I like to describe as a much more of a, of a, of a fitness and wellness approach and health to the college campus and not just purely sports. Sports will be an avenue or, or an outshoot of, of that notion, but there's more to it, whether it's intramurals or other ways in which students can participate and engage and developing their own wellness as a human being. I like that. Um, just staying sort of on the, uh, within WAC, but sort of pivoting to Bentonville. Some. Sure. Could you talk about, um, well, let's, let's talk about you and Bentonville. Sure. Um, we've talked a little bit about the way NWAC has been influenced by, by Bentonville. How about yourself in the 18 or so months that you've been here? What's the surprising sure. way that Bentonville has affected you personally and professionally? You know, James, when my wife and I applied for the position at NWAC, for us, it was NWAC or bust. We were all in. And when you're a public leader and your career and your life and any choices you make are oftentimes on the front page of papers Mm -hmm. because you're a public figure, um, it does create some duress in your life. But for us, we knew this is where we belonged. 
We just knew it. it was, it's hard to articulate that, but we knew it. And so we were all in. We were all in. And arriving here, you mentioned how is it, how was it maybe surprised? I would say it's more confirmed or affirmed. We wanted to be around people. I go back to a statement I used earlier that thought big, planned big, and played big. I, I think if I could share a theme, that's the theme. Thinking big, planning big, and then playing. Oftentimes people, when they, they, might, they might have big ideas, but they don't may then put plans to it. Or if they put plans to it, they never execute it. You have to have all three steps. This region does it. And we want to be part of it because that's who we are. That's who we are. And I find myself surrounded by, and my wife and I both in our family, we're surrounded by people that, that think like us and that lean forward like us and that are hungry. We're not here. We often say there are people who, who watch things happen, things who participate in things that happen, and those who make things happen. We're the third of that group. We like to make things happen. And we're surrounded by people like to make things happen. Now we'll also participate and join and we'll be in that crowd that helps others because you can't just have a whole bunch of chiefs and not Indians. Right. I'm not, I don't mean that to be in a, in a negative sense, you know, or anything politically yeah, incorrect. Right. But my point is you just can't everybody that's leading. You have to have, and you have to have followers too, but you need to have courageous followers. And I think that's another point around here. People pivot between leading and operating as courageous followers. And the only way that people can lead and lead successfully is being surrounded by courageous followers. So oftentimes in my line of work, whether I'm volunteering for a group or, or, or serving on a local board, I'm to operate as a courageous follower. But then in my ways at NWAC, I'm operating, what I would like to think of it is now as a courageous leader. But the only way I can operate as a courageous leader is being surrounded by courageous followers. And so we all work together. It's a very dynamic, and you started with the term Bentonville in this region is a, is a tapestry. Mm -hmm. That's, in my view, that's the human capital tapestry is a, a tapestry of courageous people and knowing when to pivot to be followers and when to pivot and be operating as leaders. And understanding that difference makes all of the difference. Absolutely. I love that. Leaders and courageous followers. I, I, I've i been having a hard time putting my finger on on describing that. And, and you just nailed it for me. So thank you. You're welcome, uh, sir. But, but you're exactly right. Uh, we're the people who get things done here. Yes, sir. And that's who's attracted here. That's all right. these builder types I keep seeing right. come here from all over the world. Yes, sir. Uh, and uh, I, I described it a slightly different way, but realized also, or, or another component of it, I mean, uh, there's another component of it is that if if I learn that you're doing something, mm -hmm. I want to jump in and help. I want to be That's like, right. how can I connect you to somebody? That's right. And so builders are givers. That's too, right. Right. That's right. And the yeah. real builders are real givers, and and everybody's just trying to help everybody get there too. That's right, James. Whether you they know, get something out of, or not of it. it. It was something that we expected again, and but mm -hmm. we saw it clear and and and, and vivid. It's the friendliness. Yeah, uh, I'll go walk on trails. And I'll wave at people and they wave back. Right. You can go to some parts of the country. That's not the case. But here it is an, an area that's rapidly growing and people still view other people as people. Yeah. People are not viewed as things. They're people. And, and that's the, I think that's one of the greatest beauties here is amongst all the innovation and, and really all of the brilliance that exists here. Through all of that, people still remember other people are people. And people are valued and respected and they're treated well and they're friendly. 
oftentimes those things tend to, one gets sacrificed at the cost of another. And, and yet here in Northwest Arkansas, for somehow, some way, this region has been able to keep both of those beautiful ingredients together simultaneously and not be one, one being eroded because of another one rising up. Exactly. I feel like in a lot of places, people use other people as a means to an end yes. and thus their things, right? That's right, sir. Uh, and uh, here, you're absolutely right. I, I, don't, I just don't see that happening here. That's right. Uh, people it's beautiful. People are just kind to each other. And their yes, people sir. It's great. Um, what do you and your family enjoy most about living and, and playing in Bentonville and Northwest Arkansas. Yes. And, and be sure to throw in some favorite places and activities. Yes, I'll be happy too. to share Give those. Give some shout outs. Yes. Uh, trails for sure in the parks, uh, but Crystal Bridges is at the top. I would say the Amazium of the momentary. Oh my. Um, there's so much to like. And, and I'm going to share this maybe for a, a later story, but the downtown square in Bentonville is just remarkable. I'll, I'll, I think I'll speak to that more later, but uh, the downtown square is, is remarkable. And it goes back to just, you know, the, um, the way that we, the areas get closed down just so people can walk and share life together. And again, I'll go back to having those personal, and I mean this in a good way, collisions mm-hmm. where people collide with others that maybe they would normally not have met before and dynamic things happen when different people have those relational collisions and people find out that they're far more alike than they are different and but they can also help one another and um and and just they just they just do they just help one another that is so true um and i would say and then boy i would be fail if i didn't do this the volume and the variety of retail um i know we live in fortune one country Uh with walmart but i would also add that with in our in our space with Walmart, it's not that there's just one. It's also that they do different techniques at the different stores, and I enjoy that. I like. I, I'm a early adopter, so I like going to those stores that are trying new methodologies. I because it gives me different ideas and new ideas, and so I thoroughly enjoy how we get to experience as a community beta sites here in Bentonville. It's awesome. It's, it's, it's just awesome. So big shout out to them. And then I would say drone up, like oh, drone gosh, up, yeah. like drone up. Absolutely. Going to Walmart here is a really special thing because uh, you're exactly right. We sort of get to be their guinea pigs. And I, I absolutely it's wonderful. Uh, love that. Uh, but to have those different experiences and to see what's coming, to be able to call my friends in other places and say, Hey, I think this is going to make it out of the test bed and get ready. Yes. And uh, to hear people actually get excited about it, it's it's and and uh, start asking questions because they're like, well, that's different. That's right. Um, okay, tell me a story. You mentioned a story. Wow. I'd love to hear a hashtag because Bentonville story. That's something that happened. Um, maybe a moment or a full fledged story where you look at it and you think sure. that could only happen here. That's right. My, uh, my son, our, we have, my wife and I have two old adult children. And so uh, our son and um, his wife came down from Kansas City last Christmas. And so it was over the holiday season and we were out in the downtown square in Bentonville and it was really cold, but it was stunning. The beauty of the downtown area and the ability to park right beside the square. You can think about a lot of places across the country that, will not have remotely the kind of beauty of the square, much less be able to park 
right beside the square, got out. And we had our we had our little grandson with us. He wasn't even a year old yet, so he's in his he's in his little stroller. We're all bundled up. Um, his mom was with us. We had our daughter and our son and our and our daughter in law and our grandson and my wife and I. And we're out there and we're just we're just walking around the square. And people were doing photos everywhere. And people, we went to get a family photo and we had no, no uh, lack of people willing to volunteer to take photos on this chilly night in Bentonville, but it was beautiful. And being able to have that moment for our family and my son and his wife took that away and that became their Christmas card. So there you go. And, and, and they went back to, they went back to Kansas City but their their greatest joy was being in downtown Bentonville at Christmas time in the beauty of that space because it was beautiful and hearing the music and seeing all the smiling people and people just kind with one another, helpful with one another, so considerate. And you know, there might have been people around, but nobody was in a hurry, nobody was pushing people over. It was a very respectful, engaging environment, um, one that you just you just don't find other places and not with the beauty that we beheld. It was amazing. You're right. And there's always something happening there, whether it's mm -hmm. an event or just people. There are always yes. people in that square. Even on a slow day, you feel this this energy mm -hmm. uh, there, but there's always yes. people and family and friends. Always. That's a uh, that's that's a, a number one on our list in terms of must take people to see places. There's several number ones, but that's yes. that's the one where where we absolutely take folks uh, to go check out the square, go have ice cream from Spark Cafe and, and right. just enjoy our time there. Um, going into sort of the final chapter of, of this uh, episode, let sure. me first ask you before uh, I forget, um, if folks want to learn more about NWAC sure. or connect and collaborate, how do they do that? Sure. Of course, you can go to the website, nwac.edu is the first way. They can also email me and uh, it's D for Dennis and then Ritzel, and that's with two T's, R-I-T-T-L-E at nwac.edu. Um, and so they, they can reach me via email, uh, but uh, the website is absolutely the easiest way. And then we're, of course, we're available on all the different social media platforms, whether especially uh, I think Instagram, but uh, uh, I think now it's called um, Twitter's been moved to X. I yes. want to say so, um, uh, but any of the platforms we're on uh, TikTok, we're on all those different spaces. People can find us, but the best way to find us is just going to the web, connecting with us, and we have um, uh, we have Eddie the Eagle, which is our mascot, and that's a form of artificial intelligence that we leverage. Um, he is he's answered. Tens of thousands, tens of thousands of uh, requests from students and prospective students over this past year. And he is very responsive. And of course, if there's any question we get asked within moments, uh, prospective students or students will be able to interact and visit with um, one of our employees. And so we're there to help. We're there to respond and we're there to serve. Perfect. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, you bet. Well, you know, Dr. Riddle, your background spans military service. Mm -hmm multiple educational achievements, leadership roles at different educational institutions. Um, how have those experiences, how have they shaped the way you think about uh, leadership, your leadership philosophy mm -hmm. and your approach to education at NWAC? Sure. You know, when I first started into leadership, oftentimes people think of it as, um, I'll just put it bluntly, getting other people to do what you want them to do. Mm -hmm. And... And that can work for a little while, but it's, 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 
it's not sustainable. Um, I've learned more than anything else. It's all based upon a trust relationship. It's folks recognizing that as a leader, my role is to serve them and is to make sure their needs and um, even aspirations that I can help them fulfill um, are pursued and, and empowered and equipped in certain ways, as well as, of course, making sure that first and foremost, we're meeting the mission of the organization, but that's a shared goal oftentimes. So my role is to make sure that shared goal is kept in the forefront of all of our thinking, but still along the journey, my work to help them feel fulfilled as they're pursuing that goal and I'm pursuing that goal, that's leadership. That's leadership. It's trust. It's trust-based. It's always a trust-based relationship. And, and the more that folks um, recognize that the trust is, and it's always a two-way street, uh, the more things that you can accomplish. And I would argue that the greater that, that the trust is woven into the relationship, the greater the change you can achieve and the more monumental of the accomplishments you can in fact accomplish. Mm. So, okay, let's see what I'm hearing there is trust is the centerpiece surrounded mm -hmm. by shared goals. Mm -hmm. uh, and instead of trying to get people to do what you want, That's right. it's actually getting to them to do the things they dream of doing with their aspirations. That's right. Along the way. That. Yes, sir. And I'll run it through the context now of the college. Uh, and so then my work is also to make sure that when we make hard decisions, and let's say we're pursuing a certain objective, mm -hmm. that then the variable of the student, that is, if I'm looking at an equation, whatever variable represents the needs of the students and the expectations of the students and the desires of the students, that that particular variable is given, this mo is given the most weightiest weight or the the, the greatest emphasis. So there are other variables in the space, but understanding that the need of that student and their interests are very much important. And they're at the forefront of our thoughts too. So you're ke keeping a number of pieces in play, but as the, as the employees between leaders and followers, as trust is there, we all have the same, same goal, which is the mission of the organization and centerpiece to that is serving that student. And in my mind, it's, it's the recipe of the cake. And if you exclude any one of those, the cake doesn't taste very good or you don't have a cake. Perfect. Mm -hmm. All right. We're going to shift to a couple of what I like to yeah. call whimsical questions. Yes, sir. If you could teach one core set in WAC, no matter how weird or unusual mm -hmm. it may mm -hmm. be, what would it be? I would teach a class on what I would like to call risk leadership. We oftentimes think of risk management but I oftentimes think that there needs to be also management is always about control. Mm -hmm. Leadership is about letting go. Leadership is about letting flourish and being comfortable in, in, in a, in a volume of chaos. Now I'm not talking just chaos in general, but there's a volume of chaos. And, you know, one of my favorite statements is always, if, you know, if you're in control, you're driving too slow. You know, there, there's an element of you, you have to become comfortable being not fully in control all the time. And so what happens is if we get too, if we get too comfortable with always being in control, we will not take the risks that are needed and actually are necessary for our region to flourish and for our, our, our fellow human being to be served and served well. So there's a balance there, but I believe that th if I could teach a course, it would be risk leadership and talk about the art and the science of it and that there's no failures, there's lessons and there's improvements, but there are no failures. 
you know? And sometimes you have to tile it back a little bit, but other times I find that you kind of have to dial it up a little bit more because if we tend to err, we tend to err on being taking way too safe of a path and really missing out on the ability to think big, plan big, and play big. Love it. I mean, the the biggest risk is that you just said it. It's it's not doing. It's yes. it's not going big enough. Um, that's right. The risk if, of omission. That's right. Uh, if NWAC were a genre of music, what would it be and why? Indie pop, because we're eclectic, we're inclusive, but we're very thoughtful. And I would like to. I would suggest there's a there's a there's a there's a level of intelligence to that. Uh, and like the thing about the school, we're, we're not, we're not elitisms or anything like that, but we're there to help people learn how to learn and um, help them more than anything else be, um, be, be great professionals because then wherever life will take them um, and if they need to get reskilled or upskilled, we're there along that journey to help them through the, the path. And I would like to give a, a really another shout out to Upskill NWA. Yes. Great organization, great partner there. And I think I mentioned the Amazium and, and, and Sam Dean, but I just, the, the, those folks are just fantastic and they allow us to be stretched, but they also allow us to continue to serve that learner. And in my mind with the genre, it, it plays in that space because we want to be creative, inclusive, and, but yet um, being willing to take some of those risks. So that's Absolutely. indie pop. Indie pop. And that's, and that's for independent pop. Yes. Yes, sir. Um, Dr. Riddle, mm -hmm. what's, a, what's a book, a movie, uh, or a hobby that has unexpectedly influenced your approach to leadership? Uh, I'm going to use it. I'm not, it's not necessarily a book, but it was, my, it was my work on this research. It was years ago by a woman named Karen Jen. She's retired now. She's, she was a professor at the University of Pennsylvania. And she was a thought leader on conflict management. I did not realize how much leadership involved in managing conflict. And I would even argue it's really conflict leadership because within the space, you need to have conflict. Conflict can be very healthy at times, but there's other times where conflict is not healthy. And it's discerning between the two and making sure that you don't shift from healthy conflict to unhealthy conflict. Like you want people having differences of opinion and differences of ideas because disagreement at its core is where all learning begins mm -hmm. because you begin to ask a question. You thought one thing, but now someone else or something else is challenging a thought or an idea or a principle that you held to. And now you're questioning it. And it's at that moment that learning has opportunity to be sparked. Now it might reinforce or to what you think, or it might, it might take a twist or it might take a U-turn or a right turn. It doesn't matter. The benefit is, is it challenges you. And so conflict and the role of conflict in how we lead is imperative. And what I learned in a nutshell is a quote that I have shared out, actually even put it on my own website. If you'd like to visit me there, I'm not trying to put a plug in for that, but that's dennisriddle.com. And at my website, one of, the, one of the quotes I like to share oftentimes is people are not so much against you. Instead, they're for themselves. And oftentimes when I see folks who may um, appear to be opposing either something I'm saying or something that I'm advocating for, they're not so much against me. They're really, they're looking at it through their lens. And my job then is to meet them where they are and try to help them at least understand where I am. And maybe we can find middle ground. Maybe we can't, 
Or maybe we both find a new landing space, but through the process, growth and opportunity happen. And, and that's a beautiful thing. And so oftentimes I'm reminded of that because otherwise we can start viewing people as obstacles. Mm-hmm. And that's the worst thing that can happen because then it's us and them and versus it just being all of us. It becomes an us and them situation and that's not healthy. So that was my biggest lesson. And, and I, I really hang, I really hold on to that. And then, um, and that helps me in some other spaces as well. When it, when I come to think about the importance then of, uh, of solitude in my life and, and things that help keep me centered because otherwise your, your mental talk goes sideways and that all goes about conflict management because conflict isn't just between a person and another person or a person and a group of people. It can also be w- within one's self, which leads to very unhealthy issues. And we call that our, our self-talk. Uh, and we'll get into, you know, growth mindset. And I don't want to play in all those spaces today, but, but all that ties back to how we manage, how we lead conflict, both between us and others and within ourselves. Yeah. So Karen Jen, that was, that was that, that research. Yes, sir. And I'm sorry. And you can Google that. And she's, yeah. she is well-published and mo- most of her work now, a lot of her work is available online. Great hey, thinker. For a moment there, you took me back to a time in my early twenties. Um, when I didn't, uh, understand that people weren't against me, right? <laughs> that they were just for themselves, just right? For themselves. And, and I didn't understand that at all. And, and it's only when I found the idea of, uh, um, oh gosh, you said it well, you said the right phrase growth, uh, that the, the idea that I should be focused on growth, mm-hmm. that, that I was able to move forward. Yes. In fact, uh, the, it's kind of an old book now, but this probably, well, the second most, but uh, the, the second most influential book in my life is The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Oh, yes, sir. At that time in my life, I was, I, I needed to read it so bad and yes. I accidentally discovered it out of frustration. Yes, sir. Um, and it, it changed everything. That's a, that's a good point. And I, mean, I, I, if I, if I parlayed this in, um, and I want to be careful because I, I don't want to necessarily speak to, um, you know, necessarily religious literature, but there was a class that I took years ago and was with grad studies uh, and I have a couple of graduate degrees. So it was my first one. And uh, I was in a, a class that was talking about, uh, you know, how, how to work through just relationship challenges that you always face in leadership, you know, and those relational challenges. And they said, um, and and I think this is good for any human being, but there's wisdom literature and it, you can find in the Proverbs. And the statement was, if you read a proverb a day, every day of the month, because there's 31 of them, mm-hmm. and you do that for five years, it will really help how you, how you work with people. And I did, took that challenge. It was very transformational, but it all comes back to conflict management. It's how you work with other people. And what you find is, is that most of the literature we have through research parlays nicely with the literature that we see in wisdom literature and that they don't conflict with each other. They shake hands. And, and I think there's, there's tremendous value in us understanding that there is nothing new under the sun. It's not like we're trying to solve new problems when it comes to how we work with others. As long as there've been people on planet earth, people have had challenges working with other people. And the better that we can, we can resolve that matter the better that we can work together and we can, we can accomplish incredible feats, incredible feats. Thank, thank you for allowing me to at least add that extra thought. No, that's great. You have, you've dropped many wisdoms 
or, or many nuggets of wisdom, uh, much wisdom. <laughs> and so I'm looking for one more piece of wisdom from you. Uh, yes, what sir. advice would you give yes. to someone yes. who is aspiring to make mm-hmm. an impact in the field of education? Mm-hmm. Within the field of education, first and foremost, spend time in solitude daily. I think that's important. Um, I'm not going to drop some some books here, but there are a number of pieces of literature been written through antiquity that speak to the importance of solitude because life has a way of wanting to ruthlessly shape you into something that you are not. And solitude allows you to remind yourself of who you are and why you're here. And I think those are the two most important questions that any human and any leader, and particularly in education, you have to ask yourself, who am I? Why am I here? And that will help you answer the next question, which is, where am I going? And then, who am I taking with me? Am I taking anybody with me? Or am I going on a long walk by myself? Those are root questions. But solitude becomes the means. It's not the end. It's the median in which you have to path. And it takes discipline to do that because life has a way of crowding that out. The tyranny of the urgent. Everything is urgent, everything is important, and it ruthlessly works out those moments in which you need to recenter and refocus because then everything else comes into play and comes into focus. Your priorities do, and some of the things that seem so daunting and so hard aren't so daunting and hard after all because you've recentered. I think another thing is to always remain curious. Try not to be quick to, to know answers. You know, I have thought when I went through my educational journey, and I'm always learning. I mean, learning is, is very much a way of life. It has to be. People have asked, wow, you hold six degrees. Like, wh- why, why did you keep going after them? I said, because there's so many things I'm curious about. Sure. I'm just curious. And I recognize again and again that if you don't stay curious, you get stale really quickly. And so, and I also can't learn something in which I'm speaking. I can only learn when I'm silent and I'm listening. And so remaining curious and remaining leaning forward in that space so you continue to surround yourself with different voices and different thoughts and ideas and not being, in, not being intimidated by them. They're, they're not going to, they're only going to help. And they're going to help, they're either going to help me be reinforced in what I think I believe or know, or challenge it and say, hmm, maybe I don't have as good of a handle on that. And I need to really rethink that whole idea or that whole notion or that whole uh, philosophy that I have in a certain space in my life. So I, I really do enjoy that. And I, and I think that ties into reading widely and, but also reading deeply. Some folks try to get through content. I try to approach it as I want the content to get through to me and I'll leave it like that. It's a great way to look at it. I like it. Um, last question and I'm I'm changing up my last question okay. a little bit from what I, the way I normally ask it. So today I'm going to ask you this: What's something that I haven't asked you that you think would reveal a surprising aspect of your life and your work? What drives me? What drives you, Doctor Riddle? You know, I've had a very difficult first two decades to my life because of things that were in my environment that I had no control over. But during that journey, I'll go back to it full circle and say, it came down to, was I going to be shaped by my environment or was I, was I going to choose 
to go forward in spite of the obstacles that I was encountering. I oftentimes describe it as you can either be the leaf on the pond driven by the wind and the waves, or you can be the pebble in the pond that makes a few waves of your own. And I decided to be the pebble and not the leaf. And it has definitely made all the difference. It doesn't mean at times that I'm not moved by others, but I think you have to recognize that you have to operate in both spaces. But if you're only the leaf and always the leaf, you will be a victim and you will be always shaped by others. So what does what drives me then? For those that have been given much, much is required. And so when I look at how I serve people, I think about how can I help people who are in difficult situations or have life circumstances come their way? And how can I be that person that comes along the way and, you know, offer, offer assistance in some capacity that might allow them to change their trajectory to no longer be, any longer be a victim, but now be an overcomer or be a person who shapes and creates a new space and a new way of looking at things. So that's, that's something that the, the drive that's in me does come from those very early days. And um, it stays with me very deeply and very profoundly. And then in, in part, I think it, it parlays with my faith because at the end of the day, I know I'm accountable. I'm accountable not just for everything that I do, but also for the things that I don't do. And I think it's the second of the two that oftentimes we forget. It's what we don't do. And so um, for those who have been given, given much, much is required. And so it's important that I do what needs to be done to help others be better and have better lives. And in the journey, I'm greatly satisfied and life is good. And it's wonderful to be an NWA. Make no mistake, because this is the perfect place for me to be able to live out what drives me forward. Mm-hmm. Thank you, James. Hey, thank you. I, you know, <laughs> I, I was listening to that and thinking about how uh, in many ways you and I were shaped the same way, slightly different experience, uh, but but in the same way and ended up with uh, the same philosophy. You just say it in a beautiful way. Uh, well, thank you. I <laughs> I, I'm going to go that. back and listen to that many, many times because you're helping me sort of shape how I would should answer that because it's, that's exactly a boy. That's <laughs> that's exactly how I, sh- I should be thinking about it. Thank you so much. You're welcome, James. Thank you for the opportunity. Well, Dr. Riddle, thank you for joining me in the Bentonville Beacon audience today and sharing your story. I really have enjoyed hearing your story and the advice and the wisdom that you've provided and hearing about the way you're shaping Northwest Arkansas Community College and, and what you see for the future. Thank you. It's a pleasure. It's a great place. And I can always say is we, our, our motto right now is fly forward, go Eagles. Northwest Arkansas Community College, it's, we take a great joy in who we are, but also recognize on why we're here. We want to serve this region not just in, not just the region, but the nation and even the world. We, we appreciate the foundation that we've been given and those who believe in us and keep us going forward because it's through our philanthropic supporters, our community members, all of our region that we're able to do what we do. We can't do it without their support because absent of that, we're just a shell of ourselves. So I got to give a big shout out to all of our supporters. They are why we're here and why we can do what we do. Perfectly said. Oh, I want to thank you for one more thing. I just yes, realized sir. that I didn't mention at any time in here. You're you're on the board of the Greater Bentville Area yes, Chamber sir. of Commerce, where I'm a staff yes, member. Sir. So thank you, of course, uh, for your leadership there and of to course. the entire board. 
It's Thank a you. true pleasure. It's a true pleasure. Great board, and it, it serves a great region. And of course, Bentonville, I mean, what better place? Absolutely. What better place? Perfect. So, um, hey, a big thank you also goes out to you, our Bentonville Beacon audience. It's your continued uh, supporting engagement that has, alongside the, the stories and insights from our guests like Dr. Riddle, that are what make this show so special. And it's an honor to provide a platform where these impactful narratives can be shared. Uh, your enthusiasm and your participation make all of this possible. So I encourage you to share Dr. Riddle's story and the exciting developments at NWAC with your friends, your family, and colleagues. Spreading these stories helps amplify the positive impact and the innovative spirit that's thriving here in the greater Bentonville area. Keep tuning in and discover more about the entrepreneurs, the business executives, and the community leaders who are the driving force behind the dynamic growth of the greater Bentonville and Northwest Arkansas region, where innovation meets community and a place where you get more of what you want and less of what you don't. You can find all of our episodes at BentonvilleBeacon.com or on your favorite podcast player. And don't forget to hit subscribe to stay updated on our latest episodes. Until next time. Keep on exploring and supporting the incredible stories and people of our community. See you next time.